Book Four, Canto Three, of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Three. The battle twixt three brethren with Campbell for Canacy. Cambina with true friendship's bond doth their long strife agree. Oh, why do wretched men so much desire to draw their days? unto the utmost date and do not rather wish them soon expire knowing the misery of their estate and thousand perils which them still await tossing them like a boat amid the main that every hour they knock at death's gate and he that happy seems and least in pain yet is as nigh his end as he that most doth plain therefore this fay i hold but fond and vain the which in seeking for her children three long life thereby did more prolong their pain yet whilst they lived did none ever see more happy creatures than they seemed to be nor more ennobled for their courtesy that made them dearly loved of each degree ne more renowned for their chivalry that made them dreaded much of all men far and nigh these three that hardy challenge took in hand for canacy with campbell for to fight the day was set, that all might understand, and pledges pawned the same to keep aright. That day, the dreadest day that living wight did ever see upon this world to shine, so soon as heaven's window showed light, these warlike champions, all in armor shine, assembled were in field the challenge to define. The field with lists was all about enclosed, to bar the press of people far away and at the one side six judges were disposed to view and deem the deeds of arms that day and on the other side in fresh array fair canacy upon a stately stage was set to see the fortune of that fray and to be seen as his most worthy wage that could her purchase with his lives adventured gage then entered campbell first into the list with stately steps and fearless countenance as if the conquest his he surely wist soon after did the brethren three advance in brave array and goodly eminence with scutcheons gilt and banners broad displayed and marching thrice in warlike ordinance thrice louted lowly to the noble maid the whiles shrill trumpets and loud clarions sweetly played which done the doughty challenger came forth all armed to point his challenge to a bet against whom sir priamond with equal worth and equal arms himself did forward set a trumpet blew they both together met with dreadful force and furious intent careless of peril in their fierce affret as if that life to loss they had for lent and cared not to spare that should be shortly spent right practic was sir priamond in fight and throughly skilled in use of shield and spear ne less approved was cambello's might ne less his skill in weapons did appear that hard it was to ween which harder were full many mighty strokes on either side were sent that seemed death in them to bear but they were both so watchful and well-eyed that they avoided were and vainly by did slide yet one of many was so strongly bent by priamond that with unlucky glance through campbell's shoulder it unwarily went that forced him his shield to disadvance 
Much was he grieved with that graceless chance, yet from the wound no drop of blood there fell, but wondrous pain, that did the more enhance his haughty courage to avengement fell. Smart daunts not mighty hearts, but makes them more to swell. With that his poignant spear he fierce aventered with doubled force, close underneath his shield, that through the mails into his thigh it entered, and there arresting, ready way did yield for blood to gush forth on the grassy field, that he for pain himself note right uprear, but to and fro in great amazement reeled, like an old oak whose pith and sap is sear, at puff of every storm doth stagger here and there, whom so dismayed when Campbell had espied, again he drove at him with double might, that not mote stay the steel, till in his side the mortal point most cruelly impite, where fast infixed, whilst he sought by slight it forth to rest, the staff asunder break, and left the head behind, with which despite he all enraged, his shivering spear did shake, and charging him afresh, thus fellly him bespake, Lo, fater, there thy meed unto thee take, the meed of thy mischallenge and abet, not for thine own, but for thy sister's sake have I thus long thy life unto thee let, but to forbear doth not forgive the debt. The wicked weapon heard his wrathful vow, and passing forth with furious affret, pierced through his beaver quite into his brow, that with the force it backward forced him to bow, therewith asunder in the midst it brast and in his hand naught but the truncheon left, the other half, behind yet sticking fast, out of his headpiece Campbell fiercely reft, and with such fury back at him he heft that, making way unto his dearest life, his weasoned pipe it through his gorget cleft. Thence streams of purple blood issuing rife let forth his weary ghost, and made an end of strife. His weary ghost, assoiled from fleshly band, did not, as others want, directly fly unto her rest in Pluto's grisly land, nay, into air did vanish presently, ne changed was into a star in sky, but through traduction was eftsoons derived, like as his mother prayed the destiny, into his other brethren that survived, in whom he lived anew, a former life deprived whom when on ground his brother next beheld, though sad and sorry for so heavy sight, yet leave unto his sorrow did not yield, but rather stirred to vengeance and despite through secret feeling of his generous sprite, rushed fiercely forth, the battle to renew as in reversion of his brother's right, and challenging the virgin as his due. His foe was soon addressed, the trumpets freshly blew, with that they both together fiercely met, as if that each meant other to devour, and with their axes both so sorely bet that neither plate nor mail, whereas their power they felt, could once sustain the hideous stour, but rived were like rotten wood asunder, whilst through their rifts the ruddy blood did shower, and fire did flash like lightning after thunder that filled the lookers-on at once with ruth and wonder as when two tigers, pricked with hunger's rage, have by good fortune found some beast's fresh spoil, 
on which they wean their famine to assuage and gain a feastful guerdon of their toil both falling out do stir up strifeful broil and cruel battle twixt themselves do make whiles neither lets the other touch the soil but either's deigns with other to partake so cruelly these knights strove for that lady's sake full many strokes that mortally were meant the whiles were interchanged twixt them too yet they were all with so good wariment or warded or avoided and let go that still the life stood fearless of her foe till diamond disdaining long delay of doubtful fortune wavering to and fro resolved to end it one or other way and heaved his murderous axe at him with mighty sway the dreadful stroke in case it had arrived where it was meant so deadly it was meant the soul had sure out of his body writhed and stinted all the strife incontinent but campbell's fate that fortune did prevent for seeing it at hand he swarved aside and so gave way unto his fell intent who missing of the mark which he had eyed was with the force nigh felled whilst his right foot did slide as when a vulture greedy of his prey through hunger long that heart to him doth lend strikes at an heron with all his body's sway that from his force seems not may it defend the wary fowl that spies him toward bend his dreadful souse avoids it shunning light and maketh him his wing in vain to spend that with the weight of his own wieldless might he falleth nigh to ground and scarce recovereth light which fair adventure when cambello spied full lightly ere himself he could recover from danger's dread toward his naked side he can let drive at him with all his power and with his axe him smote in evil hour that from his shoulders quite his head he reft the headless trunk as heedless of that stour stood still a while and his fast footing kept till feeling life to fail it fell and deadly slept they which that piteous spectacle beheld were much amazed the headless trunk to see stand up so long and weapon vain to weld unweeting of the fate's divine decree for life's succession in those brethren three for notwithstanding that one soul was reft yet had the body not dismembered be it would have lived and revived eft but finding no fit seat the lifeless course it left it left but that same soul which therein dwelt straight entering into triamon him filled with double life and grief which when he felt as one whose inner parts had been a thrill with point of steel that close his heart blood spilled he lightly leapt out of his place of rest and rushing forth into the empty field against cambello fiercely him addressed who him affronting soon to fight was ready pressed well mote you wonder how that noble knight after he had so often wounded been could stand on foot now to renew the fight but had he then him forth advancing seen some new-born wight he would him surely wean so fresh he seemed and so fierce in sight like as a snake whom weary winter's teen hath warned not now feeling summer's might casts off his ragged skin and freshly doth indite all was through virtue of the ring he wore 
the which not only did not from him let one drop of blood to fall but did restore his weakened powers and dulled spirits wet through working of the stone therein is set else how could one of equal might with most against so many no less mighty met once think to match three such on equal cost three such as able were to match a puissant host yet not thereof was triamon a dread ne desperate of glorious victory but sharply him assailed and sore bestead with heaps of strokes which he at him let fly as thick as hail forth poured from the sky he stroked he soused he foined he hewed he lashed and did his iron bronze so fast apply that from the same the fiery sparkles flashed as fast as water sprinkles gainst a rock are dashed much was cambello daunted with his blows so thick they fell and forcibly were sent that he was forced from danger of the throes back to retire and somewhat to relent till the heat of his fierce fury he had spent which when for want of breath gan to abate he then afresh with new encouragement did him assail and mightily a mate as fast as forward erst now backward to retreat like as the tide that comes for the ocean main flows up the sheenan with contrary force and overruling him in his own reign drives back the current of his kindly course and makes it seem to have some other source but when the flood is spent then back again his borrowed waters forced to redisperse he sends the sea his own with double gain and tribute eke with all as to his sovereign thus did the battle vary to and fro with divers fortune doubtful to be deemed now this the better had now had his foe then he half vanquished then the other seemed yet victors both themselves always esteemed and all the while the disentrailed blood adown their sides like little rivers streamed that with the wasting of his vital flood sir triamond at last full faint and feeble stood but campbell still more strong and greater grew ne felt his blood to waste ne powers imperished through that ring's virtue that with vigor new still when as he enfeebled was him cherished and all his wounds and all his bruises garished like as a withered tree through husband's toil is often seen full freshly to have flourished and fruitful apples to have borne a while as fresh as when it first was planted in the soil through which advantage in his strength he rose and smote the other with so wondrous might that through the seam which did his hauberk close into his throat and life it pierced quite that down he fell as dead in all men's sight yet dead he was not yet he sure did lie as all men do that lose the living sprite so did one soul out of his body fly unto her native home from mortal misery but natheless whilst all the lookers on him dead behight as he to all appeared all unawares he started up anon as one that had out of a dream been reared and fresh assailed his foe who half afeared of uncouth sight as he some ghost had seen stood still amazed 
holding his idol sweared till having often by him stricken been he forced was to strike and save himself from teen yet from thenceforth more warily he fought as one in fear the stygian gods to offend ne followed on so fast but rather sought himself to save and danger to defend than life and labor both in vain to spend which triumph perceiving weened sure he gan to faint toward the battle's end and that he should not long on foot endure a sign which did to him the victory assure whereof full blithe eftsoons his mighty hand he heaved on high in mind with that same blow to make an end of all that did withstand which campbell seeing come was nothing slow himself to save from that so deadly throw and at that instant reaching forth his sweard close underneath his shield that scarce did show stroke him as he his hand to strike upreared in the armpit full that through both sides the wound appeared yet still that direful stroke kept on his way and falling heavy on cambello's crest stroke him so hugely that in swoon he lay and in his head an hideous wound impressed and sure had it not happily found rest upon the brim of his broad-plated shield it would have cleft his brain down to his breast so both at once fell dead upon the field and each to other seemed the victory to yield which when as all the lookers-on beheld they weened sure the war was at an end and judges rose and marshals of the field broke up the lists their arms away to rend and canacy gan wail her dearest friend all suddenly they both upstarted light the one out of the swound which did him blend the other breathing now another sprite and fiercely each assailing gan afresh to fight long while they then continued in that wise as if but then the battle had begun strokes wounds wards weapons all they did despise ne either cared to ward or peril shun desirous both to have the battle done ne either cared life to save or spill ne which of them did win ne which were won so weary both of fighting had their fill that life itself seemed loathsome and long safety ill whilst thus the case in doubtful balance hung unsure to whether side it would incline and all men's eyes and hearts which there among stood gazing filled were with rueful pine and secret fear to see their fatal fine all suddenly they heard a troublous noise that seemed some perilous tumult to design confused with women's cries and shouts of boys such as the troubled theatres oft-times annoys thereat the champions both stood still a space to weeten what that sudden clamour meant lo where they spied with speedy whirling pace one in a chariot of strange firmament towards them driving like a storm outsent the chariot decked was in wondrous wise with gold and many a gorgeous ornament after the persian monarch's antique guise such as the maker's self could best by art devise and drawn it was that wonder is to tell of two grim lions taken from the wood in which their power all others did excel now made forget their former cruel mood to obey their rider's hest as seemed good 
and therein sate a lady passing fair and bright that seemed born of angels brood and with her beauty bounty did compare whether of them in her should have the greater share thereto she learned was in magic leer and all the arts that subtle wits discover having therein been trained many a year and well instructed by the fay her mother that in the same she far excelled all other who understanding by her mighty art of the evil plight in which her dearest brother now stood came forth in haste to take his part and pacify the strife which caused so deadly smart and as she passed through the unruly press of people thronging thick her to behold her angry team breaking their bonds of peace great heaps of them like sheep in narrow fold for haste did overrun in dust and roll that there a rude confusion of the rout some fearing shrieked some being harmed hold some laughed for sport some did for wonder shout and some that would seem wise their wonder turned to doubt in her right hand a rod of peace she bore about the which two serpents were enwound entrailed mutually in lovely lore and by the tails together firmly bound and both were with one olive garland crowned like to the rod which maya's son doth wield wherewith the hellish fiends he doth confound and in her other hand a cup she held the which was with nepenthe to the brim upfilled nepenthe is a drink of sovereign grace devised by the gods for to assuage heart's grief and bitter gall away to chase which stirs up anguish and contentious rage instead thereof sweet peace and quiet edge it doth establish in the troubled mind few men but such as sober are and sage are by the gods to drink thereof assigned but such as drink eternal happiness to find such famous men such worthies of the earth as jove will have advanced to the sky and there made gods though born of mortal birth for their high merits and great dignity are wont before they may to heaven fly to drink hereof whereby all cares forepassed are washed away quite from their memory so did those old heroes hereof taste before that they in bliss amongst the gods were placed much more of price and of more gracious power is this than that same water of our den the which rinaldo drunk in happy hour described by that famous tuscan pen for that had might to change the hearts of men for love to hate a change of evil choice but this doth hatred make in love to bren and heavy heart with comfort doth rejoice who would not to this virtue rather yield his voice at last arriving by the lister's side she with her rod did softly smite the rail which straight flew ope and gave her way to ride eftsoons out of her coach she gan avail and pacing fairly forth did bid all hail first to her brother whom she loved dear that so to see him made her heart to quail and next to campbell whose sad rueful cheer made her to change her hue and hidden love to peer they lightly her requit for small delight they had as then her long to entertain and asked them turned both again to fight which when she saw 
Down on the bloody plain herself she threw, And tears gan shed amain. Amongst her tears, emixing prayers meek, And with her prayers reasons, To restrain from bloody strife, And blessed peace to seek, By all that under them was dear, Did them beseek. But when as all might not with them prevail, She smote them lightly with her powerful wand, Then suddenly, as if their hearts did fail, their wrathful blades down fell out of their hand, and they, like men astonished, still did stand. Thus, whilst their minds were doubtfully distraught, and mighty spirits bound with mightier band, her golden cup to them for drink she wrought, whereof, full glad for thirst, each drunk and hearty draught, of which so soon as they once tasted had, Wonder it is that sudden change to see, instead of strokes, each other kissed glad, and lovely halts from fear of treason free, and plighted hands for ever friends to be. When all men saw this sudden change of things, so mortal foes so friendly to agree, for passing joy which so great marvel brings, they all gan shout aloud that all the heaven rings. All which, when gentle Canacee beheld, In haste she from her lofty chair descended, To weet what sudden tidings was befelled, Where, when she saw that cruel war so ended, And deadly foes so faithfully affrended, In lovely wise she gan that lady greet, Which had so great dismay so well amended, And entertaining her with curtsies meet, Professed to her true friendship and affection sweet. Thus, when they all accorded goodly were, the trumpet sounded, and they all arose, then stood apart with glee and gladsome cheer. Those warlike champions, both together, chose homeward to march, themselves there to repose. And wise Cambina, taking by her side fair Canacy, as fresh as morning rose, unto her coach remounting home did ride, admired of all the people, and much glorified. Where, making joyous feast, their days they spent in perfect love, devoid of hateful strife, allied with bands of mutual couplement. For Triamond had Canacy to wife, with whom he led a long and happy life, and Campbell took Cambina to his fear, the which as life were each to other leaf. So all alike did love, and loved were, that since their days such lovers were not found elsewhere. End of Book Four, Canto Three. Recording by Thomas Copeland.